Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh my goodness, you know what time it is when you hear this music, right? It is time for the Mom and Michael Hour, and this is it. He is out of town. He's not here anymore. Oh man, oh man, I miss you, Michael. How you doing, son? I miss you too, and I'm fantastic. How are you today? You know, just hanging tough. I am a happy girl. No matter what's going on, I seem to find some happiness and joy, so I'm really happy about that. Let's just put it that way. But there's a lot to talk about. Before I go into anything else, I have to talk to you about movies. This is how we started the Mom and Michael Hour, was talking about movies, right? You have a degree in film and radio, I'm sorry, film and television production um, from Loyola Marymount, and I just just thought there's so many movies out that just came out, we got to talk about it. You went to go see a movie today. Right. Uh, crazy, because obviously with the pandemic, you know, I ha- haven't been seeing films in theaters because that wasn't an option for quite some time. And now movies are in theaters. And they're, of course, at home streaming on Disney Plus and HBO Max and all the services we have. But if you want to risk it, you can go see a movie in theaters. And I got, got an invitation f- f- from, from several friends of mine who are part of Club 33 at Disneyland. And they said, hey, we have a bunch of tickets to go see Jungle Cruise at a, at a very, very fancy upscale theater called IPIC, which I always laugh about because it's, it's I-P-I-C. You know, I was going to say, like, I picked your nose. Um, <laughs> Why? Because, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm an adult, and that's still funny to me. Yes. Okay. Um, so they had all these fancy tickets, and we all went together because we're all big Disney fans. And have you seen the trailer for the film? No, I have not. Okay, Emily Blunt, The Rock, together on uh, in a movie based off of the ride of the same name from the parks, one of the original rides that Walt Disney designed back in the day. And, uh, you know, I was afraid it was going to be like Tomorrowland. Oh, no. The movie, the, that, that film came out, what, I don't know, five years ago, based off of the land in, in Disneyland of the same name. And the movie was just terrible. I mean, it was truly, truly awful. The storyline made no sense. They had big-name actors. I think George Clooney was the, the lead on that one. And it just it wasn't very good. And I saw the trailer for, for this film, and I was like, oh, okay, so you wouldn't hire The Rock because he was in Jumanji, 
which is, of course, from a different studio. I think that's universal. Right. And I love the original Jumanji with Robin Williams. Oh, but I did, The too. remake, you know, I was like, okay. It did huge numbers, made a billion dollars. I can see why Disney pulled him in to do this film. Uh, Emily Blunt is fantastic in everything that she does. That makes sense. And uh, I just didn't like the trailer, though. The trailer just didn't seem like it was going to be compelling. Mm-hmm. So we get in there, and I want to just add a, a point of information. This is one of those fancy, fancy theaters with the big reclining seats. You can order food like burgers, pizza, pasta. Wow. They bring it to you. <laughs> There's a full bar. They bring you your drink. There's a bar in front. So when we got there, they had already had a round of drinks. We get inside. We order our food. The movie starts. Uh, ten minutes into the movie, I turn to Joey, and I'm like, this is the best. It is so You knew it charming. immediately? Because immediately, because the, the, the ride itself, the, the, the skipper, who's the person who drives the boat on the ride in the parks, yeah. they tell a bunch of dad jokes, puns, really bad puns throughout the entire ride. And there's a long script that, that, that skippers throughout the world that all the parks can use, and they can pick and choose which jokes they want to tell while they're on the boat. But that's the, the, the shtick of the ride, is you see all these uh, animals, uh, fake animals, but animals on, on the boat ride or on the water, and they tell terrible jokes. So in the movie, right up front, they are just laying them on you, just joke after joke after joke, and we were all cackling with laughter. And there's also the, the characters were cute and fun and relatable, and I was impressed. So I, I feel that to say I had very low expectations for this film, but by the end, I absolutely loved it. I think it's uh, if, if you like the ride, if you like Disney, it is a must-see film. We definitely need some big, fun distractions right now, and this is one of those things. But I will add to this. Again, first 10 minutes in, loved it already, and knew I was going to like it, and continued to like it. But the host of our big group of, like, 12 people mm-hmm. uh, decided to pay for all of us, which oh, was huge. This was wildly wow. expensive. But what she also kept doing is flagging down the waiter in the movie theater and just saying one more round. So, oh, no. so more old fashioned <laughs> kept coming to the seat. So by the third round, I love that movie. I was like, oh, that's not fair, man. That's not fair tonight. Come on. So, so it's fair. Cause I, I, that's why I gave you all the details. Cause 10 minutes in, not a drop of alcohol in me. I love the movie. Um, you know, one drink. I still thought it was great. So by the end that I loved it, I think is still because it was a very well done, fun film. And I definitely w- w- wanted some of that escape this weekend. Um, but also the three rounds of free drinks doesn't hurt. Either. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm amazed at how many movies have been, um, the brand new ones that are opening uh, this week. And I, I you know, I, I'm a little surprised. Are you surprised at all of them? I mean, you've known about them being released very soon, and now it's happening. You've got Old, you've got Snake Eyes, Black Widow is a really big one with um, um, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Exactly. Um, And I, you know, you hear about this Space Jam I knew was coming out, The Green Knight. I have no clue what that is. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. Black Widow is in its third weekend. Space Jam, uh, A New Legacy, which is a Space Jam sequel. That's its, its second weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Green Knight, I think I read an article about that. I think it's like um, a more independent film, but that has a wide release. Uh, but there's a ton of movies, as we've mentioned before, that were supposed to come out last year that did not. And they're all trying to find uh, space on the schedule in 20, uh, 2021 to come out. 
And it's it's challenging. I mean, yes, it's the summer season, so it should always be packed. I mean, from you know late May through I'd say mid August is usually every single weekend you have major major films coming out. You're always going to see Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Fast and the Furious, all the big popcorn tentpole movies, as they call them, are going to come out during this time. So so that we only have a few major titles coming out this weekend actually. Uh, is is unusual. In fact, two came out um, this weekend. So no, sorry, three. Um, so that's that isn't uh, a, a surprise. Uh, and we actually have seen weekends in summers past, but there there were more big titles competing right. for the, the top position at the same time. Right. The inter- it's interesting. You know, you see um, actors that are doing movies that I never thought they would do. Um, you know, um, Matt. What is his name? Matt Damon. He's yeah. doing Steelwater, right? And I looked that up to see, you know, why would he do a story like that? And, of course, he has, you know, a series, you know, that he has done. And now he comes back to this really kind of a, a quiet place. It says that uh, an American oil rig roughneck travels to Marseille, France, to visit his estranged daughter in prison for a murder she claims she didn't commit. That in itself kind of captured me. I was like, okay. Now, we've seen him in all those other movies where he's always running and killing folks and, you know, tracking people down and that sort of thing. But this is different. It's it's um, more like something... Who was the one that did the... the oh, where the daughter was kidnapped... Oh, uh, Liam, Liam Leeson. Liam Leeson. You mean the one where you saw the first film and all the second movie? Yeah, Taken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, hey, don't even taken. bring that up again. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Well, so, but look, uh, it, it, this actually doesn't seem unusual for Matt Damon, in, in my opinion, at all. Because um, last time we heard him doing a really, really big film that you know was up for awards, it was The Martian, which that may have been—I've lost track of time—that may have been three years ago, four years ago. And it was a very quiet movie. It was him mostly on Mars by himself trying to survive, growing plants um, in his own excrement and talking to himself. So we've definitely seen him in films that have a bit bit of a slower pace where he isn't playing the high-end spy. And I think sometimes it's important for actors to make that shift because if you've made a whole career being super fit and in shape uh, and you're getting a little bit older, you know, you want to build some room for yourself to maybe – Slow down a bit and not get injured every time on set doing stuff. Well, isn't that the truth? Now, Amanda Knox denounces that Matt Damon film Stillwater um, uh, for trying to exploit her life. Did you hear anything about that? I hadn't heard that, no. Yeah, that's on Yahoo. Um, Let me see what the date is on this article. Yeah, today. So I was really surprised at that, and um, I'm wondering what she has to say. It talks about the new Tom McCarthy film. And by the way, which what has been the biggest movie Tom McCarthy has done? Biggest film that Tom McCarthy has done. Now, now that one is definitely your catch-me-off-guard. I'll have to look that up and see what he's been on, because it, he is a, a name that I know. But I'm seeing here Win-Win, The Station Agent, The Visitor, Spotlight. Spotlight from 2015 was a pretty big film. I think that one garnered him an Oscar nom. So I would say probably Spotlight. Okay, so I do know that the, this woman, now, now I remember Amanda Knox, she was the one that was, um, they charged her with killing her boyfriend, I think it was. I think it was her boyfriend. And mm-hmm. it was pretty awful. And then for a long time, you know, they kept her. Um, and this was in Italy. And then all of a sudden there was a new dawn for her. Some people came forward and she got some better lawyers and that sort of thing. 
But this story is really unique and uh, strange. So if this is based on her, I'm curious to know what the numbers are going to be uh, because he's trying to, he's the father trying to get her out of prison because, boy, she wasn't liked around the world. Many people just thought, oh, you're guilty. You should just go. They did it. They did indeed. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, she ended up not being guilty. Um, And here's the thing. I haven't haven't read that this movie is actually based off of her directly. Maybe it is. But if it isn't and it's like her story, I'm not surprised she's in the press because as often happens in Hollywood, when when a film comes out and its story either includes your likeness or part of your story and and it can be proven that it is part of your life and you didn't find a release for that. Right. Well, you can sue the, the the studios and the producers for large sums of money for using your life story without permission. So that might be why she's stepping forward. Well, I tell you, not many people are going to cry about that. At least back then it wasn't like that. Maybe we'll be more generous after you know during this pandemic uh, about that. But when it comes to movies, there is so much going on, just so much. What's the next one you're going to go see? Oh, man. I actually, I still want to see Old, the other film that came out this weekend from M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. It didn't do very well, but that doesn't mean much because, you know, we're in the middle of the Delta Plus scare. Right. Um, so right. people are still deciding if they want to go back in theaters and at what rate, et cetera. Uh, but I want to see Old. I still haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 2. That was one of the first films to come out, but back when theaters reopened. Um, as, as I mentioned to you, I saw Black Widow in theaters, I think, last weekend. So yeah. I got to catch up. I still haven't seen F9, which, which is the ninth installment of the Fast yeah. and Furious film. So yeah. I got to go backwards first, and then I can move forward on the rest of the films coming out this so, summer. Okay. that you. I remember you saying, I really want to see F9. So that's been out for a little while, though, right? It has, but I haven't been going to, to movies like I used to because it just feels like so much of a risk. And, you know, as I mentioned to you last time, we had a few strong, good weeks here in L.A. where masks were off. We were all out partying, doing stuff. And then now we're back in masks. So the the Delta variant is really wreaking havoc in Los Angeles. I've had friends come down with it, coworkers come down with it. It is and it is people who have the vaccine. And again, it's it's some of them have no no symptoms at all others it's it's a it's a strong cold so thank god the vaccine is protecting them from going to the hospital but it is reinstilling some of the fear here in la um, because of that so it's shifting some perspectives but then again the movie i saw yesterday with our big group it was a full theater it was packed in there so people are still going when they when they really want to go see a film they're making it happen well, it's not a mandate with the mask yet, right? Um, and so, as we keep listening to it, we know that we're going to hear a whole lot more about that. And I'm gonna, I got a no, little, for, for a us, few. It is. So for us, it is indoors, a mandate. Oh, indoors. indoors! Unless you are actively eating or drinking in Los Angeles County, you have to wear a mask now. How about that? Okay, Michael, we have to take a break, and then we'll come back with the Mom and Michael Hour in just a moment. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Mom and Michael Hour. Um, I am excited that my son has a chance to join us on Sunday nights, and uh, I really enjoy this hour. And as you heard him a moment ago talking about wearing masks, and I also want to add to that that many people here are worried that, you know, possibly things are going to start shutting down again. Do you hear that on in any of your circles? Yeah, I mean, there, there's concern here for sure. Um, but like I keep saying, the other concern is that none of us, are going to be able to take it. You know, we've been so long in lockdown that if that were to come back, I think people might just lose their mind. So I think the, 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 the tone amongst my friend circles here in Los Angeles is more uh, anger at the unvaxxed, just, just belief and anger that they just won't do what they should and get the vaccine, and uh, just unwillingness to go backwards that far because people won't get the vaccine. So we are willing to put a mask on. We're willing to help out and uh, protect ourselves and others. But going back in the house, lockdown? No. I, I think we're all enjoying outdoors, restaurants, our freedom a little too much to uh, to allow the unvaxxed to do that to us. Yeah, but if it happens like that and it's mandatory that uh, it's, you know, it's going to be laid out as mandatory all the way when it comes to shutting down. The bottom line, Michael, you said some of us can't take it. I understand that. But there have been way worse things in our world, right? Way worse things that have happened that we have endured for years, more than the two years. We're almost upon two years, so a year and a half, I'll say. Um, we've endured so much more. And so whatever we have to do to keep as many Americans safe, then shouldn't we do it? Oh, I totally agree. And here in L.A., I think mean, we agreed on with that uh, ethical compass from, from the very beginning. The challenge is that uh, the people we're protecting now are those that refuse to participate and get the vaccine. So the tone here has really shifted from if you basically if they lock down, a lot of people just aren't going to do that anymore because they're not protecting the people who did the right thing. They're protecting people who refuse to get the vaccine and are getting Delta and spreading it and, and loading up the hospitals, et cetera. And people are kind of like, hey, you know, that's them. And so now it's if you want to go to a certain bars or restaurants, they're asking for your vaccine card. 
I think we'll push that direction first, where you have to show proof of vaccine to get in uh, to a place as opposed to things going back into lockdown. Okay, we got to take a break, and then we'll come back with the Mom and Michael Hour in just a moment. Welcome back to the Mom and Michael Hour. My son, Michael Battle, joins us from Los Angeles. I am always excited to have him on right here at WCCO. It's been a long time, about 15 years, and we are still having fun. All right, Michael, um, you talked about how difficult it is that we are looking at people who refuse to get vaccinated and those other people that could spread the virus around. But there are also children where there are no vaccines for them. And as you know, going into daycares or schools, it is just one big, gigantic Petri dish, right? True. I mean, yes. And, and caveat there, I, I, people who don't have the vaccine can spread it, but people who have a vaccine can spread it also, we're discovering. But it's more that those that don't have a vaccine are, are the ones that, that are more likely to get a serious illness and end up in the hospital or die. So our measures are really to protect them as opposed to protecting all of those of us that did the right thing and got the vaccine. So what are you hearing from the friends? And I know you know some that refuse to get the vaccine. You may even have cousins that refuse to do it. Yeah. I mean, if, if I find out that a friend of mine refuses to get the vaccine, I'm just not going to see that person anymore. Uh, it's not worth it. I don't want to get the Delta. Uh, once you know people who have it, have the vaccine, it changes your whole perspective. So if someone just says, I refuse, uh, we can't hang out. I'm really sorry. I, you know, But you can sure still talk on the phone and that sort of thing. You can still have can that phone. relationship. Sure, but if the person's not getting the vaccine just because, if it's not because of their re, you know, religion or some other valid reason, if they're just not getting it because they don't feel like it or they don't believe in vaccines, um, I don't feel like risking you know, my life or the life of others for that belief. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's strange. I do have some friends that are, are anti-vax, but then got the vaccine. It's very, very strange. And they're out and about, you know, with their vaccine card and mid-conversation telling you how, oh, masks don't work and they don't like the vaccine and no one should take it. But then they got it so that they can still go out and have fun and have drinks and go to restaurants here in Los Angeles. So is there such an interesting uh, culture clash in the politics around the vaccine and masking? I just We all know this, but there really shouldn't be. It's a matter of no one wants to go back into lockdown. All of us want to be safe. We are so close. So many Americans have done such a great job of getting the vaccine. Um, and it's just getting us over the hump that next level so that, to your original point, we can find the next path for the children who can't yet take the vaccine. Wow. I just, I'm not quite sure how we're going to make it happen. Um, if, you know, there's so many people that have been out and about since summer started. I mean, I remember July 4th was the big event and there were so many, some people said it was just a big gigantic super spreader and the, the people went back to their homes all over. Right. So all 50 States are seeing cases of the variant right? Mm -hmm. All 50 states. And I think it started with that, but that's just me, right? I don't have a fact on that at all, um, but I think it's, that's what I think it is. So as we move forward, these same people are probably not going to get it. So what are you suggesting we do? You said don't hang out with them, but it has to be more than that. If you're, if you're on a, if you're in an Uber and maybe that person is not vaccinated, even though they wear a mask, is that enough? I mean, you know, this is an ongoing conversation. And the, the, the further we get, the more cases I'm seeing here in LA, the stronger my opinions around that get. Uh, and, and people's inability 
to to be part of the solution. I think it's pushing me further and further to the point where, you know, last time we we talked about proof of vaccine. What does that mean? How, how do you legally impose the need to have proof? And I was actually debating uh, kind of in the in the middle of that argument. It takes a long time to, to to implement those rules. It takes a long time to provide adequate access to said proof. You know, whether that's on your ID, et cetera. And I, I was mentioning to you how our current vaccine cards, you know, that we're relying on a piece of paper with some ink on it um, uh, as proof of something so important is not sustainable or scalable because right. it's that not enough. can be forged. Mm-hmm. Um, but if now, I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm leaning much more towards you can't go places. You can't go in the restaurants, bars, movie theaters, uh, regular theaters. Uh, you can't go to a series of events unless you have uh, solid proof of having the vaccine. And so if people really want to live a life without the vaccine and in fear of getting very sick from COVID-19, sure, you can go do that over there in your other area where that's going to keep cycling through. And for those, for those of us that have the vaccine, who knows what it will become, but at least, you know, if we get it and it's like the common cold, but we don't go to the hospital, at least we, we, we survive it. I'd rather live to debate the politics of this rather than uh, debate them and die. So... It's pushing me further and further into that extreme because of what's happening here in Los Angeles. Well, and it's happening all over the country. It's happening here in Minnesota as well. And what bothers me is that I've actually had people say to me, I asked someone where they vaccinated. They said, yes, I come to find out three weeks later, they're not. That's the, you know, so if the lie is, you know, some people may feel like a little white lie is okay in this situation. It's not. It's it's not, and frankly, my friends who are you know against the vaccine and they say they have it, maybe that's their situation. <laughs> maybe they're just saying it to get into places, but they don't really have it. And that's kind of to the point of this piece of paper with ink on it. We don't have a, a, a truly enforceable way of of confirming if someone has the vaccine or not. And frankly, we're not going to have that for quite some time. It takes a long time to roll those things out. But the, the feeling, the, the emotion, the charge behind this topic, as people are now going back in the hospital, uh, is, is, is coming right back to the surface. We were doing such a good job, but now here we are. And again, we are eons better than it was at the peak of the pandemic. I'm not trying to equate those two things. And we lost an extraordinary amount of life during the peak of the pandemic. Yes, we did. But it's that fear, the fear of returning to where we were, especially in the big cities where the lockdowns were just intense and very long, uh, that that fear is really really starting to push uh, certain groups of people in the big cities uh, to have stronger op- opinions on this issue. Do you ever think about who should be blamed for where we are or where we're going right now? Sure, and I think that exploration will have to happen, and eventually, hopefully, time will unveil all those truths. But until then, I'm more concerned with saving lives and allowing our society and also our economy to to continue to sustain itself and flourish. (sighs) Okay. Um, I want to ask you about the budgets that have been planned and devised in the Biden administration. And, of course, uh, the big one was that it just expired at midnight this morning, I guess I would say, um, that if you have not been able to pay your rent, that now you'll be able to get evicted. And I know they've been trying to change that today, and I have not been reading my articles today on that. So I'm just curious, have you heard anything about people getting evicted uh, again, that that's going to start up again? 
So I, I haven't heard if the moratorium on evictions was officially extended or not. As you mentioned, yeah, it's been a hot-button issue trying to figure out if that was going to happen. Biden has been pushing for that. Um, there's also additional laws, I think, that can be in place at a state level that can, can hold those per state as, as opposed to it being just from the White House. Um, but we wouldn't hear any stories about evictions, I, I don't think, yet, because as far as I, I understand, it takes a certain amount of time to actually uh, enforce an eviction. But again, with the pandemic and w- with that hold on evictions having been in place, I don't really know what the new rules are around that. Can someone turn around and say, oh, it's been eight months, you have to go now, or does it still take the full you know, month or so to start that process? So all the more reason for people to get the vaccine to help us better sustain our economy to avoid this very issue from you know, going out of control. It's really incredible. And then I also want to get your take on what's happening with the insurrection on January 6th, um, how they're looking at, you know, putting people in jail, how long they have some of them go home and have the bracelet on their ankle. I mean, I am so appalled because you and I both know that if it was us, you know, people of color, specifically African-Americans, black folk, right, that had done that insurrection, that had been the millions, I mean, the the thousands and thousands of people there at that rally, um, it would just be blood in the streets. Blood in the streets. Uh, of course, but th- that is Trumpism. So if I've learned anything from January 6th, is that that is what it means to believe in the, you know, in Donald Trump. And there's millions and millions, 71 million people believe in that. They support the insurrection of the U.S. Capitol. They are, you know, against vaccines, and that's what that movement is. And it's not something that I, you know, saw on social media or someone told me. I watched it happen live on TV. (laughs) So um, we have to now, as a country, uh, adjudicate that with who we think we are when half the country thinks it's okay to just ransack the Capitol. Um, and moreover, the politicians they elected then did everything they could to block the actual investigation into that very incident. Um, so it's, it's beyond just oh, how they would have treated us versus them. It's the, it's the core of the action itself and that here we are all this, all these months later and we're still, uh, there are still politicians debating if they should even look into what uh, what's right. happening. It's so while the investigation is going on, while arrests are being made, while these these were very light, very light sentences are being handed down to those who either plead guilty or are convicted. While all that is going on, there's still Trump supporters saying we shouldn't even be talking about this. You know, let bygones be bygones. Don't even research. Don't even look into the event. Let's just move on. That's it's just tourists. And that's the, that's the, that's the culture of what Trump is. It's just tourists having a yeah. good day. It's just mm-hmm. amazing to me. I, I understand gaslighting, but to see gaslighting at this level, at this level, is absolute maddening for me. I, Because, I, I, you know, I hate lying anyway. And mm-hmm. it just bothers me that there's this collection of really powerful people who keep this going. And it seems like the other powerful people don't have a chance to even make a comment. But I know things are moving silently, right? Um, And that this will come to fruition. We will know the truth about this. It may take a while, which really bothers me, but we will find, we will hear the truth. We will know the truth. I really believe that. All right, Michael, we're going to take a break. 
And of course, I'm so enjoying having you on tonight. And there's so much more I want to ask you. And we'll see how many more minutes we have coming up. (laughs) This is the Mom and Michael Hour right here on WCCO. Welcome back. This is the Mom and Michael Hour right here on WCCO, and we're having a great conversation. Things that I agree with with my son and some things I question, but the bottom line is that I get a chance to talk to my son. Okay, as we think about the movies and how we started out this hour, we're going to end with this hour as well. Michael, there was a story about uh, Scarlett Johansson in Black Widow. I didn't even know that she was Black Widow in all the other movies, Marvel and all of that. So you <laughs> you inspired me and, and uh, informed me, and uh, I started reading. She is suing the the movie, the studio? Yes. Uh, she is suing Walt Disney Company because because they released Black Widow both in theaters and on Disney Plus at the same time, as they've done for every other major Disney release that's come up during the pandemic. First, I want to say, uh, if only there was a reason for you to have known she was Black Widow, like some kind of online streaming service that has all the Marvel films you can watch in order, <laughs> like you promised. <laughs> if only, if only that existed. Uh, but no, yeah, she has been in, I think, nine of their movies. Oh her, her she's helped them make billions of dollars. She's been a major part of the Avengers since Iron Man 2, I think, was her first appearance, uh, as I read in an article. Um, so, yeah, she's suing because they released it on streaming services, services the same day. Now, Black Widow opened in, in theaters to just over $80 million, which seems like a, a good number for the pandemic, but it actually is the lowest Marvel opening, I think, since, since the Hulk came out. Now, not the... Disney Hulk, the one from Universal, that was just not very good and very, very slow. So this is a very low opening for her. And as you know, actors get back in points uh, when films do well, especially when when they do well in subsequent big opening weekends. So a big Marvel film will usually open around 100 million to 200 million plus, depending on the size of the film. And then if the next weekend it drops to, you know, from 200 million to 100 million, great, that's 100 more. Next weekend, it drops down to 80. You can see how each of those subsequent weekends is making more and more of its box office. And like many of the Marvel films she has been in, they would then lead up to a billion dollars. Well, if you're getting uh, bonuses or back-end points based off of the subsequent uh, weekend box office numbers, it can uh, amass to huge amounts of money. So she, I mean, there's reports per what I've read that she could have made $50 million dollars on this film if it had done what, what a usual Marvel film would have done. Not likely that would happen because of the pandemic and because we're seeing about ha- half as much in box office currently as we would the same time pre-pandemic. But still, uh, she wants she's suing them, saying, you should have worked at Aware, or you, know, you should pay me some of that bonus because I'm losing $50 million. And Disney put out a statement uh, basically saying, you know, oh, you know, we're fair about this, and it's insensitive of her to not consider the pandemic and how terrible it's been. And, and she, she was paid uh, $20 million to be in the movie. And I was actually shocked that that was what Disney put out there. Wow. And then uh, her, her lawyer and her agents came back and said, basically, uh, how dare you try to put out her salary like that to make it seem like she's being greedy when she's just being a smart businesswoman. Uh, and I agree with that. You know, it's like, saying, oh, well, she got paid $20 mil. Yeah, and The Rock gets 30 It doesn't mean that she isn't entitled to what would have been a huge amount of money for her. And if you're getting paid $20 uh, and you have the potential to make an additional 50 those are huge numbers. Yes, they are. Um, and it's interesting with, with, with this following weekend, of course, 
the first film I talked about with The Rock in it, Jungle Cruise, did better this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out the following weekend since that film is also being released in theaters and on Disney Plus at the same time. If the following weekend it doesn't drop as uh, severely as Black Widow did in its second weekend, uh, that might weaken her case to, to blame them and say that it's Disney Plus, and it will give Disney more ammunition to say, well, no, it's just your movie. Um, but wrapped into all of that is, after all of these years of being Black Widow in the Marvel franchise, she finally gets her own film uh, with, a, 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 you know, she's a woman leading an action film that is predominantly about women and, and their empowerment and their strength, and that it doesn't do well, of course, doesn't support the narrative of what we've seen in Hollywood, where that uh, m- movies like that can often do do very well. So I imagine this lawsuit, in my personal opinion, is not just about money. It's also about protecting the narrative of ha- having women in lead roles in major you know, blockbuster films. Well, I tell you, there's a lot to this story. I know she's worth about $165 million, and some people will look at that and go, well, she's got plenty of money. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It is about the fairness of the contract and what she negotiated, and they didn't do or stick to their story. So are there are there, um, uh, signed contracts? So it's frustrating because I, I know as a woman it must be difficult. But, Michael, we have to leave it here. And, of course, I love you. I love you, and I hope that you are doing just great. I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes. Love you so much, and uh, we will talk very soon. All right, son. Be safe. All right, you too. Thank you all for sticking and staying with us. To Jonathan Lowe, thank you so much, and Jimmy Erickson, our producer. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for all that you did. We'll see you next Sunday. Good night. No, in fact, I won't be here next Sunday. I'm off next Sunday. Forgive me. Have a good week, you guys. Bye. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.